Are you sure you got the driving calculations correct? I have followed Doc's instructions from Back to the Future meticulously. The circuits are on. We have set the time to where we're going. We've switched to nuclear to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity we need. Just make sure your radiation suit is zip tight. Check. But is it really necessary to reach 88 miles per hour? I mean, this is the N7 and we might get a speeding fine. There were no speeding fines in 1764. As long as we get there alive. Welcome to KidCast, or should I say, welcome back to the future of KidCast, that is Series 2. We're off to a great start here with the corny jokes. I'm Kira O'Donoghue, and time travelling with me to studio today is... Eva Fagan! Kiva, I'm not sure we're going to make it back to 2023. That was insane. Mozart was too cute. Cute? Mind-blowing, Kiva. Mind-blowing he was. Tell me, what do you make of time travel? It's pretty cool. But, like, to see your future is kind of weird as well. Say you wanted to go to space or something. Yeah. And you went to the future and see that you didn't go to space. Then you would stop your dream of going to space and stop working so hard when you go back to the present. I would think it's better, like, to have a surprise for your future. That is a very good point. Maybe it's better just to explore the past. You know, if it was my choice, I think I would have gone back a little further to when fire was invented. Well, technically fire was discovered more than invented. I don't know why anyone would just start randomly rubbing flintstones together, but when they saw sparks fly... They knew they were onto something. And the rest, as they say, is history. But today is not so much about history as it is about... Science! Science. Because it's KidCast Series 2, Episode 1... The The Sciencey One! And we have a fun science show coming up. We're going to be chatting to Antonine from the home of Albert Einstein in Germany. Camille is on game time with her alphabet quiz. Joshua is visiting a very exciting science and discovery centre in Belfast. And later on, I'll be chatting to one of Ireland's most acclaimed scientists, Professor Luke O'Neill. But first, it wouldn't be KidCast without a riddle. I'm Charlie, I'm seven years old, and I'm from Dublin. Here is this week's science riddle. Lots of people have heard it, but no one has seen it. It will not speak back unless spoken to. What is it? A Paris? No. You can see that. What about Alexa? It's a bit more naturally scientific than Alexa. Stay tuned until the end of the show to see if you had the right answer. Thanks, Charlie. Alexa was actually a very good guess. I really thought you had it there. I think we are going to need a little bit of help with this one. So, listeners at home, please send your answers to info at kitcast.ie or message us at Kitcast Podcast on Facebook or Kitcast Pod on Instagram. And if you have any riddles that you'd like to challenge us with on the next episode, then you can send them there as well. In the meantime, let's head over to Joe and Olivia with the latest science news. Kitcast News. Hi. I'm Olivia. And I'm Joe. Reporting, reporting for, for KidCast Kid News. In this week's headlines... Wind energy blowing up around Ireland. Laboratory-made blood cells. New purple tomatoes. And children are smarter than adults. 
Wind is an infinite and free energy source that can be used to power things like homes and factories. There is an amazing array of wind turbines popping up around Ireland, including those erected at the Nocknagoshal Wind Farm in Kerry in 2019. It consists of 32 turbines that can generate enough energy to power 40,000 homes. Scientists have started to test blood made in a laboratory on people. If successful, the blood cells that will be given to health patients will be completely new and will last longer. Currently, this is done by blood transfusion, where healthy people donate some of their blood. Not having to rely on donations will mean helping much more patients recover. The US government has approved a new purple tomato created by the British scientist Kathy Martin. Martin found by adding two genes from the sapdragon plant to the tomatoes allows them to last twice as long and increases antioxidant levels. This may help with heart disease, diabetes and more. Bring on the purple spag ball! Science has proven that children are smarter than adults. It all comes down to a chemical messenger called GABA, which helps knowledge stick to the brain. It has been proven that when children are given new information, GABA levels increase rapidly, while adult levels don't increase. But we already knew we were smarter, didn't we? I'm Olivia. And I'm Joe. And, and that's, that's your, your Kid Cat News. news. Thanks, Joe and Olivia. They were fantastic science news stories for us this week. And that is me told. We all officially know who is smarter in this studio right now, don't we, Kiva? I do think that I am smarter than you. Are you serious? Yes. To be honest, I, I, I'm feeling it. You have a whole load of science information in your head that you've been chatting to me about. So I don't think that's just a thought. I think that is definitely a fact. How do you feel about the idea of eating purple spaghetti bolognese? I want to try those tomatoes. Do you? Yes. Do you like tomatoes? I do, but I've never had a purple one. I've never had a purple one. I Nobody's don't... ever had a Nobody. purple one. Not yet, not yet. We're going to hear about some more interesting foods next from Antonin in Germany. Arise the Hi, I'm Anthony and I'm 12 years old. I'm Irish-Canadian but I was born and raised in Germany. Germany has a population of 83 million people and the country is roughly five times bigger than Ireland. The capital of Germany is Berlin, where I live. Berlin is home to Berliners, which is also a German word for donut. We share a border with nine other countries and you might have heard of some popular German cars like BMW, Audi, Volkswagen and Mercedes. And our composers, Bach and Beethoven. Hi Antonin, welcome to KidCast. You just mentioned some of Germany's musical favourites. But can you tell me what type of singing we just heard too? Yodeling is a form of singing which involves repeated and rapid changes from a high-pitched tone and a low-pitched tone. Oh, yodeling. Today we're talking science on KidCast. And Albert Einstein came from Germany. Can you tell us a bit about him? Albert Einstein was born on the 14th of March, 1879, and he wasn't just a great scientist, but also a great musician. People often use Einstein to represent a mad scientist, but he certainly was not mad. He invented multiple theories of relativity, which explains how things like space and time are not separate and fixed, but are connected and can change. And he won a Nobel Prize, didn't he? Yeah, he won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 1921. Can you tell me about any other discoveries made in Germany? Neptune and Uranus were discovered by German astronomers. And also, beer. My dad would be interested in that. Ooh, and gummy bears were invented by Hans Riegel in the 1920s. Haribo, which is very famous in Berlin, 
Oh, I love Haribo. Can you tell me about some typical German food? The most famous cuisine in Berlin is called Döner Kebab and was invented by Turkish immigrants in the city of Berlin. But the best German food is probably donuts. I love donuts. Back to Einstein again. I believe you go to the Albert Einstein School. Yeah, basically most schools are named after famous people. There's the Nelson Mandela, Albrecht Dürer, and then there's the Albert Einstein Gymnasium, which makes sense because we have a physics and music-orientated school, which kind of matches up with Albert Einstein. Are there any differences you have noticed between German people and Irish people? I think Irish people try to be more polite when they speak, and Germans are more direct and they just say what they want. If I were to visit Berlin for the day, where should I visit? In the center of the city, we have a TV tower, or in German, Fernsehturm. It's a gigantic tower with a, a sphere on top that rotates on the inside, and it's, it's very beautiful. And I would say the aquarium sea life, but that exploded recently. What? I think the glass got overheated and it cracked, and then it just all flooded out. Did the fish survive? No. An end for the fish, and now an end for us. How do you say goodbye in German? The common goodbye in Germany, most with like older people would say would be Auf Wiedersehen, which is to see you again. But then a lot of people just use English and say bye. Bye, Antonin. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen, Antonin. <laughs> I think I'm a very good yodeler. Have you ever been to Germany, Kiva? No, I haven't been to Germany, but I'd really like to go. Have you ever been? Yes, I have been to Germany a few times because I actually studied German and I went on a student exchange to Germany to a place called Göttingen. And the best thing about that trip was the Germans really helped me work on my punctuality. Are you a punctual person, Kiva? Well, I do like to be on time, but sometimes I am, like, rushing everyone to get there on time and I'm rushing and everything to get there on time. So you're the one who's getting everyone else at home out the door? Yeah, like, I, I just really want to get out there on time. Speaking about time, it's time to meet Camille, who's got a new game for us. I'm eight years old and I'm from Cork. This week I'm challenging KidCast and you at home with my alphabet quiz. <laughs> Welcome to Game Time with Camille. Hi Camille. Hi Kiva. Camille, this sounds amazing. Can you explain how your alphabet quiz works? I have 10 questions with answers all starting with the same letter. So I'll need you to pick a letter. When I ask you the question, you will have to write down your answer. So if you're listening at home, you'll need to grab a pen and paper. And of course, you can buy yourself more time during the game by just pausing the podcast. Because the first episode is about science, your first question is going to be about science. So now, Kiva, what letter are you going to pick? I'll start with the letter A. That's a very good letter to start with being the beginning of the alphabet. I'm going to be an adjudicator. Are you ready, Kiva? Yep. Are you nervous? A bit. I'm nervous and I'm not even going to be answering the questions. Start the clock. Where does the oxygen that we use come from? Air. Correct. Complete the following common English saying and something a day keeps the doctor away. An apple a day. Correct. What A refers to the life story of a person written by that person? So if you write a story about your life, it's called an... An autobiography. Well done, you're right. In the Disney film, what is the name of Aladdin's monkey friend? 
name is Abu. In which popular video game do you have to retrieve eggs stolen by green pigs? I don't play video games, so I don't know this one. Angry Birds! Oh, very good. Which animal is a member of the camel family and looks very similar to a llama? An alpaca? Correct. Well done, you're doing a super job. Well done. Thanks, Camille. Which of the following terms refers to the fear of spiders? Arachnophobia, astrophobia, acrophobia. Is it acrophobia? Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. I got that one wrong. Uh-huh, that's okay. What is the smallest continent in the world by land area? Antarctica, Australia, or Africa? I know that Africa has been. Yeah. Antarctica has been. I think it's Australia. Correct. What is the name of a blue colour that usually describes the sky? Is it Azor? Correct. Yes. My last question. What is the Arabic word for God? Abu, Allah, or Arabah? I don't speak Arabic. Neither do I. Which one sounds familiar? Well, it's not a boo. Is it Allah? Correct. That's the end of the game. Well yes. done. Good guess, good guess. What did she get out of ten, Camille? Ace. Well done, Kiva. Thanks for playing with me on Game Time. Thanks, Camille. Well, thank you, Camille, for those amazing questions. Yeah, you did a great job. Thank you so much for coming on to KitCast. Bye. Bye, Camille. Bye. That was actually way harder than it sounded and even more so under the pressure of the ticking clock. Well done, Kiva, for doing so well. And I hope everyone at home enjoyed it too. Let us know what you thought of our game. We would love to hear from someone who got 10 out of 10. And we're going to be playing different games each episode on this season of KitCast. So if you at home have any games that you would like to challenge us with, then please get in touch. You can email info at kitcast.ie, kitcastpodcast on Facebook or kitcastpod on Instagram. We're heading up to Belfast in Northern Ireland now to hear from Joshua at the W5 Science and Discovery Centre. Who was the first scientist? Most people consider Aristotle to be the first scientist as he developed ideas that shape scientific thinking today. However, it was Galileo who took ideas and experimented with them to find scientific answers. Hi, I'm Joshua and this week I'm reporting from W5 in Belfast about all things science. I love science because I love finding out how everything works. Experiments are so, so cool and you never know what you might discover. W5 is massive. It has five floors of science and technology fun. Everything is totally hands-on you can really get to experiments and try new things. You could fly a plane, make stop motion, play with solar panels and loads more. In the Move It Zone, there's this wind tunnel where you can fire bags of all different sizes up in the air. It's great fun. I noticed that the bigger bags fell more slowly and I think that's because of drag. It's the same if you jump out of a plane. You need a massive parachute with loads of drag, 
so you don't smash into the ground. I love the solar panels and the energise zone. I love changing the weather and moving the sun to see how it affected the amount of power I could make. The most electricity is made in a sunny day, but we still work a little on a cloudy day. I guess that's lucky for Ireland. I've had a great day. Thanks for joining me today at W5 in Belfast. Thank you so much, Joshua. That was a a wonderful report from W5. And thank you, William and Esme, for helping with our question of the week. And of course, a big thank you to W5 for having us. It's an absolutely incredible place. Kiva, do you have any idea what W5 stands for? If I was to take a scientific guess, I would say it stands for the five W's. Who, what, when, where, why? All the good questions that scientists ask. You would know that because you are a budding scientist too, aren't you, Kiva? What have you been learning about in science recently? I did self-inflating balloons. Would you be able to talk our listeners through the experiment? Well, you will need a plastic water bottle, empty. You will need a balloon, a funnel, if you have one, baking soda and vinegar. Fill the water bottle about a quarter with vinegar. Then put the baking soda into the balloon. And how much baking soda? A teaspoon or two teaspoons is enough. Right, and if any more than that, what might happen? Like, are we going to blow the house up? No, but if you put too much vinegar and too much baking soda, the balloon could pop and the vinegar and baking soda will bubble up over the top. Oh, okay. So not blowing the house up, but a huge mess for for everybody to clean up. (laughs) So we don't want that. Okay, what happens next? We put the balloon on the water bottle. Bush, don't lift the balloon up while doing this. Lift the balloon up, the baking soda will fall into the vinegar. Because the vinegar is an acid and the baking soda is a base, they will create a chemical reaction. Right. Which creates carbon dioxide gas. There's so much carbon dioxide in the bottle that it wants to get out, but it can't. So it goes up into the balloon, which is why you shouldn't put too much vinegar or baking soda in. Because then, like... The balloon will inflate and inflate and inflate and inflate. And if it's too much, it'll just burst out of the balloon. Ah, I get you, I get you. What happened at home when you did it? Me and my brothers tried to do it three ways. One with malt vinegar, apple cider vinegar and vinegar vinegar. With the malt vinegar and a half teaspoon of baking soda, it didn't really inflate. So if Ah. you put too little in, it won't inflate either. Right, okay. So one to two teaspoons and a quarter full of vinegar will do. Very good. Well done. That's an excellent experiment, Kiva. And it's one that perhaps maybe our listeners can try at home. And we would love to see pictures of the results of your experiments. Yes. And also, don't blow balloons up with your mouth anymore. Use the bottle technique. Exactly. That's how you do yeah, that's how you should always blow balloons up at parties. Well done, Kiva, I love it. And we've some more clever kids joining us now. It is the June. Junior Einstein's from Dublin with this week's Did You Know? What did the science book say to the math book? I don't know. You have a problem. (laughs) I was reading a book about helium. Yeah. And I kind of put it down! Did you know the word science comes from the Latin word scientia, which means knowing something. Science observes and understands phenomena that takes place all around us. Did you know the bark of a willow tree was the first source of aspirin, a well-known medication used to reduce pain in fever? Did you know inside a person's mouth there is more bacteria than there is people in the world? 
Did you know eyebrows have two functions? They protect our eyes from rain, sweat, and dirt, and help us express our emotions. Did you know from age 30, people start shrinking? As our bones settle in together, we lose a few millimeters of time, getting a little bit shorter every year. Did you know cans of diet fizzy drinks float, whereas regular cans sink? The sweetener in the diet drinks is sweeter than the sugar in regular drinks, so less of it is needed, making it less dense, and so it floats. Did you know pine cones can predict the weather when the weather is warm, they open up, and when it's going to rain, they close back down? Did you know a lightning strike can reach up to 30,000 degrees Celsius? That's six times hotter than the sun. A lightning bolt may look huge, but it's actually only as wide as a pen. Thanks, Junior Einsteins, and a big thanks to the hilarious Lola and Kean before them. You know, I love Did You Know and I love learning new facts, but sometimes facts can just be a little bit freaky. Like, do I look a little bit shorter to you right now? I'm over 30. Um, I didn't like to mention it, but... (laughs) (laughs) You're mean, you're mean. The Junior Einsteins told us lots of different types of science facts there. Some were to do with the weather, others were about the body. Can you tell me, Kiva, what are the main areas of science? Well, there are three main branches of science. Formal sciences, natural sciences and social sciences. What is formal science? It basically means using formal systems, like maths and statistics and computer science, to get knowledge. This is very different to the natural sciences, which study natural phenomena, like space and the weather and the body. And the third one you mentioned was social science. What's that? It's the study of humans and how we behave socially and culturally in different parts of the world. What area of science interests you the most? I really like astronomy and I'm hoping to be the first person to step on Mars when I grow up. Wow. What has stopped humans from stepping on Mars so far? It would take about three or four days to get to Mars when it's at its closest position to Earth. But Mars only comes around to that position every two years. Oh. So you'd have to stay on Mars for two years. Okay, so that would be a problem. Why? Well, one, you wouldn't see your family for two years. Or your friends. Yeah. Two, if you were to bring enough food or water, that would weigh the spaceship down too much for it to travel that distance. So is this what you're working on at the moment then? I think the answer is a rocket that can go the speed of light, but there are problems with that as well. Going at the speed of light, that will be way too fast for humans. And would it be bad for our bodies to travel that fast, do you think? Yes, it would be very bad. Okay, so I don't want to risk it, so I'm going to leave that to you. Yes. Okay, deal. But... As well as astronomy, I'm also interested in other areas of science. So this week, I met up with Professor Luke O'Neill. Professor Luke O'Neill, you're very welcome to KidCast. Oh, thank you very much, Kiva. Very happy to be here. First of all, I'd like to say a big thanks for everything you did for Ireland during COVID. You helped us understand the virus and what we could do to stop it spreading. A tough job, I'm sure. Yeah, thanks very much. It was a very tough job, yes. But thanks 
Thanks for saying that. Yeah, I did my best. I tried to tell people all about the virus. Today, we've been talking about the different areas of science. What kind of scientist are you? I'm an immunologist, which means I work on the immune system. And of course, the immune system is all about how our bodies defend ourselves from viruses and bacteria and all sorts. What can we do to keep our immune systems healthy and working properly? Lots and lots, actually. And, and during the pandemic, I could tell people that they weren't powerless. There's various things you can do. So first of all, a good diet. Your immune system needs nutrients as well, you see. The second one is a good night's sleep because the immune system gets tired as well. A good night's sleep means your immune system is active. Another one is exercise. It's really good because the immune system is in your blood. And when you exercise, your blood rushes around your body and that gets all the immune system going. And the last one is not to worry too much because it turns out stress can affect the immune system as well. Like I knew you had to go to bed and everything and exercise, but I didn't know that stress Yeah. And the reason is you make a hormone in your body called cortisol and cortisol suppresses the immune system. So that keep the cortisol down to try not to get too stressed. Okay. Did you always want to be a scientist? Not really. No, no. I had lots of interests when I was your age. I like music, for example. I quite like reading. And then when I was in school, especially in secondary school, the teachers really encouraged me. So I, I owe my teachers an awful lot. Teachers are really supportive. What do you like most about your job? So I love telling people about science and chatting about science, especially to people like you, because you might become a scientist, you see, you never know. And then, of course, the other thing I do is I teach in university. I teach the students all about immunology. I enjoy that. But I guess the big thing is my research, because as you might know, we're trying to find out stuff about the immune system that might help people. Tell me about a really exciting scientific breakthrough during your career. I made a few actually over my career. I'm quite lucky in that way. And one big one was about five years ago now, we discovered what might be a brand new medicine to treat some of these inflammatory diseases. Like arthritis, your elbows get all swollen and sore. That's inflammatory. You can get MS in your brain. Your brain gets swollen. We found a way maybe to block that. We're doing this with a drug company called Roche. They're running clinical trials now in humans to see if our drug will work, you see. So we're on our way to discovering new medicines. Wow, that's amazing. And it takes a long time to make new medicines. What advice would you give kids like me who want to become scientists? Ah, well, that's great. I can, I can talk to people like me. This is a wonderful part of that, you know. The, the, the big thing is keep, keep reading about science, giving anything on the TV, loads of TV shows on science. This podcast. Try to keep learning is the first thing I would say. Then when you got a secondary school, you might do biology or chemistry for the leaving search. If you're still interested, come and join us in here. Come and do science in university and then you can train to be a scientist. It takes four years to get a degree in university, you see, and then you can call yourself a scientist. I got your book and that just really inspired me to become a scientist. Oh, oh I'm very happy to hear that, you. That's great. <laughs> you never know when you write a book if anybody reads it. What part of science are you most interested in? I really like astronomy. That's a great one. So you might do physics in university. The physicists do astronomy. It's called astrophysics. My final question and the most important one. Do you have any good science jokes? Oh, no. Do you have any good science jokes? That's a tough one. This is a bit technical, right? So in our bodies, there's a thing called ATP. The initials ATP. That gives us energy. So the joke is a man goes into a bar and he buys a pint of energy. How much does the barman charge him? ATP. ATP, you see, because ATP, ATP. It's not a great joke, but that's as good as I've got. Have you any good science jokes? Why should you never trust an atom? I don't know. Because they make up literally everything. Ah, that's a great joke. That's a really good one.
Thank you so much, Professor Luke, for joining me today on KidCast. You're very welcome, Kiva. Thanks for those fantastic questions. And you know what? Scientists ask questions, so you're well on your way to being a scientist. Excellent interview, Kiva, and thank you so much again to Professor Luke. You were talking to him there about his book. What is the book about? His book is called The Great Irish Science Book. It covers evolution, fossils, dinosaurs, astronomy, biology. I learned that evolution went so slowly. Right. Like, so it's not really fast. Like your grandpa was a monkey, but your dad was a human. It went very tiny changes over millions and millions of years. And eventually we became human. I am very lucky because my daughter got a copy of that book for Christmas. So I am definitely going to be borrowing it. Now, before we hop back in our time machine, back to 2023, Charlie asked us, lots of people have heard it, but no one has seen it. It will not speak back to you unless spoken to. What is it? Parrot. That's so... It's not a parrot. It's not a parrot. I know, but that sounds like the right answer. You still think it's a parrot? Yes. Well, it can't be the right answer. Because you can can see see a a parrot. Exactly. Charlie, I think it's pretty obvious that we don't know. Give us the answer. And echo. That makes so much sense. That is a really, really good riddle. Thank you very much, Charlie. I wonder if anybody at home got that riddle. If you have a riddle and you would like to feature on KidCast, then email info at kidcast.ie or message us on Facebook or Instagram. That's it from us this week. A big thanks to everyone who took part today. But KidCast Series 2, Episode 1, The Sciencey One, would not have been possible without the amazing... Kiva Fagan! Well done. Kiva. Thank you so much for getting us off to such a great start. I'm Kira O'Donoghue and you've been listening to KitCast. Supported by RTE Kids and the Arts Council. And listen out next week for KitCast School Tour. We're off to sixth class in Castle Dermot. Tune in again next time and don't forget to subscribe. Bye. Bye.